So, good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space in West Limit 102. My name is John Keeley. Delighted to be with you this morning. This has been our first program in 2018. It's uh, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, the 7th of January. And as usual, to join me in presenting this uh, program to you again for the start of 2018, Shane Ambrose, good morning to you, sir. How are you? Good morning, John, and how are we doing this morning? We're good. And uh, uh, Shane and myself are, are, are both under a little bit of um, uh, flu epidemics and whatever these days. We're sniffling in the coffee, so please bear with us this morning. As we want to wish you, of course, a very happy new year, uh, and hopefully that this year we'll be able to continue to bring the good news to you as we try to do every every Sunday morning and, of course, Sunday evening as well. Um we do hope that people enjoyed, our listeners enjoyed what we had to offer there at Christmas. And again, we want to thank the guests, uh, the, all of those who <coughs> travelled maybe to meet us uh, and um, joined in and gave us some lovely reflections, which I'm sure people enjoyed. I know one particular one or two reflections people were certainly enthused by and got something from it, and thank you for that. So as we start this year, again, we want to welcome those people, especially those people who were sick, and housebound, we made a few of them over the Christmas. Those who are lonely and searching for some hope, um, we pray that this hour will help you to find what the Holy Spirit wants you to find. We thank indeed the listeners who continue to meet us as we as we go about our business around the local area here in West Limerick. Uh, I met somebody there this morning in the local supermarket again, or yesterday in the local supermarket, who again um, thanked us for for bringing such a variety of good news to people um, each Sunday morning and of course each Sunday night. And again, if you want to contact the station at all during the week, you can do so by contacting 069-66200, pass a message on for the attention of ourselves in Sacred Space, or you can email me, and that's on sacredspace102 at gmail.com. And again, we have we continue to invite listeners um, maybe to give us a bell as to who maybe they would like to listen to or hear from on this program on West Limit 102 on Sacred Space which of course is recorded from our Common Sea studio here in Arda and just remind people again um, because we have the facility uh, I've been able to contact people overseas um, give us a shout even if it's somebody abroad somebody who you think might be inspirational to listeners in general please let us know and we'll get in contact with them but at the start of every program including this particular program Shane's going to share with us uh, again some saints for the week, some celestial guides, saints who will um, stay with us maybe during the week and maybe we can learn a little bit from the lives they led. Shane, who do you have to share with us this week, please? Morning, John. Well, as you said, um, we're going to we each week we go through our celestial guides, and it's just I suppose a reminder of the um, you know. <laughs> Those that have gone before us, I suppose, and are held up as particular examples and witnesses for us. And also, you know, following that great tradition of maybe saints whose prayers and intercession we could might seek different, depending on different needs. But just before we get into this week's Celestial Guides, John, it was an interesting thing, actually. I was just looking um, during the week and looking ahead in terms of the calendar. And I've noticed an, an interesting uh, couple of things. And the first one I've noticed is Ash Wednesday that is going to be happening this year. I'm not sure if you've already noticed it, John, but Ash Wednesday this year falls on the 14th of February. 
Now, as people are aware, 14th of fa- uh, the Ash Wednesday is a day of fast and abstinence. Mm-hmm. Also, however, 14th of February also happens to be Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I could see quite a number of, um, shall we say, challenging individuals <laughs> uh, who got out to try and start that one out yeah, okay. on, the, on the 14th of February. Thanks for the advance notice. <laughs> and then also just... To- Exactly. I did also just to flag it to people as well. This year, Easter Sunday falls on the 1st of April. Um, so often known as April's Fool's Day. So this year, as uh, Easter Sunday falls on the 1st of April. Um, and the reason I bring up those dates is that it's traditional on the 6th of January to make what is called the Easter Proclamation. And just it announces the different dates of the celebrations that are going to be held uh, in the coming couple of months. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, the 14th of February will be Ash Wednesday. The 1st of April will be Easter Sunday. The 13th of May is Ascension. And the 20th of May is Pentecost. And then the, the 3rd of June is the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ, which means then that the following Friday after that uh, is the Feast of the Sacred Heart for those that monitor that on their calendars but that's coming up ahead of us in the year to come so just looking at this week's calendar what have we got so obviously yesterday was the feast of the epiphany 6th of january now um just for those that are monitoring their calendars online just to be aware at the moment ireland is one of the few countries that still maintains the 6th of january as the feast of the epiphany a lot of countries um including the u.s and up to this year i think john Uh, They are going to change it again. The UK also celebrates Epiphany on the Sunday closest to the feast day itself. So that's actually today. So just if you're following following calendars online, um, there will be a slight discrepancy. But we all come back into line as of Tuesday of this week coming. And, of course, today in Ireland, we celebrate the Feast of the Baptist Lord. So today on the Irish liturgical calendar, we celebrate the end of the Christmas season. So as of tonight or tomorrow, you can start taking down the Christmas tree and the crib and put it away for another 12 months. Although, John, you might, you might not have been aware of this one, before the season didn't actually end until, which of course is of a candleman, Friday temple so there was uh, there was a tradition and particularly in churches that the crib would be you know the decorations were taken down the trees were taken down but that the crib itself would be left till the 2nd of february it's a nice tradition maybe something to think about um you know particularly as we face into what many people is a tough and dark kind of a month in january and it almost seems like a pity to take away the christmas decorations so early um Mm. But of course, if you've had them up like since the start of December or the middle of November, as some people have read, yeah, yeah. then it's maybe it's time to take them out and put them away. But it also means then, as of uh, Monday, we enter into what is called ordinary time on the church's calendar. So Christmas tide finishes to this evening at sunset. And ordinary time is that the normal days of the church's year. And it's signified by the color green from a liturgical point of view. And, of course, it also reflects on those 30-odd years when Christ lived and worked in Nazareth as part of the Holy Family. 
and you know just did ordinary things with ordinary day of his lives and um so that's so when we look at the liturgical calendar this week we're trying to figure out which, which celestial guides to look at mm. um it's it's not very clear cut actually the calendar is kind of silent the ordo is so you have to do a bit of searching around so then first of all on the 8th of january feast day of saint albert of cashel Albert was an evangelist in Ireland, it's particularly obviously around um, the town of Cashel, and may or may not have been a bishop of Cashel. Uh, he was renowned as being an excellent preacher, had worked previously in Bavaria, um, suffered from arthritis in his back and hips, and went on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, dying on the journey home. Um, so it's it's he's so that's Albert of Cashel, and he died around. 800, 800 AD and was canonized by Leo the 13th and obviously with that kind of a medical history he's a patron saint for those that suffer with arthritis and rheumatoid arthritis mm-hmm. so just just for those that might be suffering from those particular ailments then on the 9th of January we have the feast day of Saint Marcellinus of Ancona he was born to nobility of Anc- uh, born to nobility and was ordained Bishop of Arcona in Italy in 550 AD. And he's mentioned in the writings of Pope St. Gregory the Great. And he died in 566 of natural causes. And he is said to be a patron saint against fire. Uh, he's said to have stopped a raging fire by waving his prayer back book at it. And uh, the book survived fire with only slight damage. And so that's that's an interesting one um, for for, for St. Marcellinus of Ancona. Then on the 10th of January, the feast day of St. Jerusalem. John of Jerusalem was a Jerusalem who worked to maintain uh, Orthodox Christian doctrine, doctrine and kept the peace within the disputing factions within the church, and he died in 417. Then on the 12th, no, sorry, the 11th of January, we have the feast day of uh, Saint Etna and Saint Fidelima. Now, these are two sisters, saints on the Irish calendar, and uh, they are associated with um, Saint Patrick and Armagh, and Ooh. were supposed to be two royal sisters, two princesses, who were received instruction in Christianity, baptized, and received their first communion from uh, from Saint Patrick. And they are reputed to have been buried in Armagh. Then on the 12th of uh, January, we have the feast day of St. Alred of Rivolo. Uh, very much a famous saint, famous for having written a number of um, uh, famous texts. He was a Cistercian monk, known for his gentle spirituality and his personal austerity. Um, he left Scotland uh, in 1134 to become a Cistercian monk. And he was the first abbot of a Cistercian monastery in Lincolnshire in England in 1142. Um, he travelled very much on the road from house to house, preaching throughout England and Scotland. Peacemaker among the Picts in Galway. And he composed sermons and prayers and is very much um, famous for having written on spiritual friendships. Uh, he's patron of kidney diseases and then those that suffer from kidney stones. Mm-hmm. And finally, John, on the 13th of January, we have the feast day of St. Hilary of Poitiers. Uh, Poitiers is in France, and he was a famous bishop who distinguished himself by his stand against Arianism, which was a heresy in the early church. 
Uh, he was exiled by order of Emperor Constantius, and he used <coughs> his time to write. His most famous work is called De Trinitate, which is a study of the Holy Trinity. And he died in 367. So that's the celestial guides we have for this week, John. I knew you'd get past it because, I mean, as you outlined there, the order really doesn't give you much information this year. But that didn't stop you from digging around the world and picking up something. Thank you so much for, for again, giving us those, um, those people who've gone before us, uh, ordinary human beings from ordinary families. And um, just something maybe we can pick up on for ourselves to help us as we go through our daily lives. But in the meantime, just uh, one notice, I will, just actually two notices I just want to bring to people's attention. Um, first of all, um, the Newcastle West Medjugorje Prayer Group. That's Mary Keaton uh, and Paddy Geary. Mary is on 0696035 or Paddy is on 0697595. They've arranged some prayer and reflection time as our country prepares for a, uh, for a crucial proposed amendment to our constitution. So this prayer reflection time will take place in the Paris Centre on the 8th of January, that's tomorrow evening, at 7pm. All are welcome. Now, in the notice uh, dated uh, from Newcastle West, notices on the 30th to 31st of December, it actually mentioned there that the prayer and reflection time would be 8pm. That's not correct, actually. It's at 7pm. Because uh, those of you who attend Lecture Divina every Monday night will know that our Lecture Divina meeting um, continues on at 8.15 on Monday night. And also, just one more thing just to mention, just to remind people again that adoration conti- continues in our church from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And that's each Monday. So now I invite listeners to pray the Spirit of Communion prayer with me especially for those people who cannot receive Jesus at Mass this morning. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So again, uh, we'd just like, on behalf of myself and Shanta and all the team here, to wish you all a happy new year. And with that, maybe some little bit of uh, music here to help us to ease ourselves into the new year from a spiritual point of view. I thought it'd be nice to play a little bit of music this morning from Cecil Winnins. And this one is entitled, Holy Spirit, Come Fill This Place. So let's hear this and just reflect on the music.
Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. Uh, my name is John Keeley, joined still by Shane Ambrose and the other end of the Skypline. And uh, as usual, this morning, this first time at uh, this first uh, first program in January, you, usually there's a little bit of news that maybe Shane would have picked up for us um, at the start of the new year from various sources. Shane, would you like to share something with us? Okay. Um, yeah, so as you said, John, so just a general kind of um, small summary of bits and pieces from the start of the year. And of course, the main thing is focusing on, I suppose, the 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 messages that have come out, particularly from Pope Francis, excuse me, over the, over the new year. And to be honest, sometimes when you see Pope Francis, and particularly around Christmas time, uh, you get very much uh, what John Allen calls an old tis- a testament vibe uh, from from Pope Francis. He gets very um, pensive sometimes when he looks when he looks on the state of the world hmm. and uh, and different things. And one of those one of the things that exemplified that this year was actually um, a postcard or a prayer card that was circulated by the Vatican Press Office. Okay, and it's an interesting one because. What it is, it's a photograph taken by an American photographer called Joseph Roger O'Donnell. And it is a picture taken in Nagasaki in in Japan after the second atomic bomb was dropped in 1945. Okay. And what it depicts is it shows a young boy carrying his dead brother on his shoulders while he his turn at a crematorium. Um 
taken after the bombs were dropped at the end of World War II. And on the back of the card, which has this photograph on it, Pope Francis has written, Il frutto della guerra, which means the fruit of war, Francescus. Mm-hmm. So the fruit of war, Francis. And he, the, the short caption explaining it is, the young boy's sadness is expressed only in his gesture of biting his lips or oozing blood. Extraordinary kind of a gesture, I suppose, for Pope Francis to come out with. Consistent for his election to speak out about what he describes as the th- a third world war today, which has been fought in a piecemeal fashion in various parts of the world. And, you know, the Pope has also spoken about the disproportionate suffering children often experience in conflict, including the risk of being enrolled as chi- child soldiers. Mm. And the, the whole thing with the, with the photo from Nagasaki also, I suppose, comes very much at the, at the end of a year in which the threat of nuclear conflict uh, very much was on all our raid. Something we were all of, given the threats from North Korea and also the comment from the U.S. President Donald Trump that America would unleash fire and fury should North Korea use its nuclear weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting you know, that the Pope has asked that such a specific image uh, is circulated during the holiday season. And but of course, it comes on the back of the publication of the annual, of course. Uh, message for peace, the World Day of Peace, which is held on the 1st of January. And this year we celebrated the 51st World Day of Peace. And on on the publication of his message, Pope Francis focused pretty, very much so on migrants and refugees, men and women in search of peace. And, you know, he reminded us that, you know, in a spirit of compassion, we should all embrace those who are fleeing from war and hunger of forced by discrimination, persecution, poverty, and environmental degradation to leave their homelands, and so it's a very it's a very timely reminder to us you know, when we look around the world today. Because you know when we look at the state of how things stand, we, there's two approaches that we can take to it. We can very much draw back in behind the barricades and pull up the drawbridge and say, right, we're going to look after ourselves, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or we can take more of the approach that, well, actually, the only way to fix this is for all of us to get involved and to work towards peace. And I think that was something which Pope Francis, you know, picked up on his message. Now, his message for, for the World Day of Peace, John, is quite short, actually. Um, and he reflects, I suppose, very much on, firstly, uh, you know, how we have a heartfelt desire for peace. Uh, and then goes on to focus on why are there so many refugees in my moment you know and it's he makes the point that you know people don't up and leave purely because they want to it's not for many of the migrants in the world today it's not purely because they want to it's because they have to that's right because they're they're displaced because of what Pope John, what John Paul II called an endless, horrifying sequences of wars, conflicts, genocides, and ethnic cleansings. You know, um, because you know they leave, leave behind the hopelessness of an impromptu future, and that's something that we always have to remind ourselves. Particularly when you hear some commentary that, particularly from pundits in the media, uh, it alarms me sometimes. Kind of when they kind of almost seem to say, "Oh well, you know, the, it's almost like I was sure they do it because they want to." 
Like nobody upsticks and leaves their home and family behind because they want to. Right. And it's something that we have to be very, very, very careful of. Then in terms of the message, you know, Pope Francis goes on to four mile point, four mile posts for action um, in terms of welcoming calls for expanding legal pathways for entry. So that's in terms of allowing people to enter in a legal fashion, mm. in a safe fashion, um, protecting those that do wish, our, wish you know, a right to recognize their dignity, promoting um, human development of migrants and refugees, and finally working on integration, which allows refugees and migrants to participate fully in the life of the society that welcomes them. So I suppose, John, they were just two things, I suppose, that um, in particular that jumped out for me over, over the Christmas period, um, you know, there was an awful lot, I suppose, if you like, going on in Rome as there usually was. Um, Pope Francis continues at the moment with his uh, weekly general audiences, and at the moment he's focusing on reflections on different parts of the Mass. So, um, you know, he's in, in this way, he, he's, he said, um, in this week's general audience, he focused on the need and the, and the focus of the penitential rite in the Mass itself. So for those that are online, I would say to them, Check out the, the the Vatican website for the general audiences because the, the the reflections at the moment are quite interesting from Pope Francis. And to notice as well, John, for those that are following online, um, the the Vatican has updated their uh, online presence in terms of news. So what they've done is they have combined uh, Vatican Radio, uh, L'Osservatore Romano, uh, Vatican Information Service, and a whole other different groupings that were used for uh, generating news and monitoring mm-hmm. things online new Vatican website uh, which is quite good, it's quite impressive and that's currently under the chairmanship actually of an Irishman Archbishop Paul, um, Paul Teague who's of the Dublin Archdiocese so it's it's a first step towards uh, sorting out uh, the, and making things a bit more uh, streamlined in terms of the Vatican's online presence Shane, thanks a lot for that. Now, now I know the line's a little bit um, uh, challenging for us now at the moment, this morning. But what I'm going to do now is, um, and a few people asked me again to do this, uh, I'm going to play um, a repeat of a reflection uh, given to us by Sister Dimna Clancy um, last year, um, actually the 1st of January or the 2nd of January, the first Sunday in January last year, where um, she, she gives a lovely little reflection uh, and it's all about time and so on and so forth and New Year. And sister, sister, of course, sister Dimner, passed away early on uh, in in, um, in late February two thousand and seventeen. The Lord of Mercy, now, uh, and, and I know uh, people enjoyed listening to her share with us as well on uh, Christmas Eve. But maybe people might just want to listen to this again. It's a New Year's rev- um, reflection that Sister Dimner Clancy gave us two thousand and seventeen. So let's do this. So, welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space here in West Limit 102 on this beautiful uh, first Sunday of the year, the New Year's Day. And, of course, New Year's Day um, is also known as the World Day of Peace. And delighted to be joined uh, this morning by a good friend of the program who's been on with us a number of times, but uh, we haven't ever had any more recent times. Sister Dimna Clancy, good morning to you. Good morning, John and Shane, Lorraine. And this lovely New Year's Day. Thank you indeed for joining us this morning, Sister Dimna. Um, 
I asked you there just a few days ago, and I didn't give you that much time, but you very kindly agreed to come on and share with us your thoughts around um, the World Day of Peace. So, oh, peace. Would you mind sharing that with us, please? Yeah, I have a few scattered thoughts on on New Year's, John, if that's okay. No problem. Um, I know it's also International World Day of Peace, and I will say something about that at the end, very briefly. Thank you. So, it's hard to believe that the new year has already, is already here. Started with a single second, moment, an hour, a day, and that's all we have at a time. But just um, January is the month named after the Roman god Janus. And it's a very appropriate personification of the start of the new year because Janus had two faces. One, that he could look ahead towards the future and the other, that he could look back, both at the same time, looking ahead and looking back. So, as we get rid of an old year and say goodbye to 2016 and look forward to this 2017, maybe we're all a little bit like Janus. We know through experience that we have, we, as we look back, we made mistakes, we did wrong, we did a lot of good things too. Mm-hmm. And we hope that 2017 will be a better year for a lot. Um, I suppose a lot of people make New Year resolutions. I'm not big into New Year resolutions, <laughs> but I do hope for the best. Um as we look at 2017, we see it as a year ahead, but it's 12 months, 52 weeks. Mm-hmm. I looked this up, by the way, 365 days, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, 31,536 <laughs> seconds. Okay. So now, no. all this is a gift, pure gift from God. Lovely. We have done nothing to deserve it or to earn it or to purchase it. It's just like the air we breathe. It comes to us as part of life. But perhaps today is a good day to have a good think about 2017. We have no idea what it will bring, as we had no idea what 2016 brought to us. Mm. But a very simple exercise can be just at some stage during the day for our listeners maybe to close their eyes for a few seconds and just to think, what would be my wish for myself this year? Mm. What is my wish for my family and the people I live with? What is my wish for my parish community? What is my wish for my city? or for my town, or my neighbourhood, or for Ireland as my home? What is the wish for the church here in the Limerick Diocese? And maybe what one quality would I like to cultivate in myself this year? And I think that can be a very simple little exercise, but can be very meaningful. And I have no doubt that 2017 will ask us and will call us to be strong at times, to be courageous, to be brave, to be hopeful, to be kind, to reach out to someone else in need. But that's just a few little thoughts on the new year. Um, 
I was thinking then, you know, time. We're talking about the number of seconds we have and minutes and that. But time is a great gift, but time is not just ours alone. The rich, the poor, the educated, the ignorant, the strong, the weak, everyone has the same 24 hours each day. And the important thing about time is that we have no control over it. We can't slow it down. We can't switch it off for a justice. Time just goes on. And we cannot bring back time. And it reminds me like the home store and more ads. Once it's gone, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Yesterday is gone forever. We may look ahead at a full year's block as at at the full year as a block of time but we really have no guarantee how much of it we are going to experience but it's a precious possession we cannot we can waste time Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're good at that Mm -hmm. we can worry over time Mm -hmm. we can spend it on ourselves or we can use it for the good of others we have lots of options and this 2017 is full of time as the seconds tick away, will we be tossing time out the window or will we aim to make every minute count? And I was thinking there um, yesterday evening about songs about time. You know, and there's some lovely songs. I could only come up with a few, but others will have lots more. One day at a time, sweet mm-hmm. Jesus, that's yeah. all I'm asking of you. Another one, if tomorrow never comes, mm-hmm. as time goes by. Mm-hmm. And that one we hear a lot. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So that's um, a little bit about time. And then, as I said at the beginning, and as you reminded me, it's also International World Day of Peace. And uh, I was reading Pope Francis's message for World Day of Peace, and he would like us to reflect on and to be people of peace. And his theme is to see non-violence as a style of politics for peace, which I think is lovely. It reminds me of Gandhi, non-violence. So Pope Francis is calling us to cultivate non-violence in our most personal thoughts and values. And he says that charity and non-violence govern how we treat each other as individuals within society and in our international life and he says and he finishes his his um, letter on peace with this sentence nothing is impossible if we turn to God in prayer everyone can be an artisan of peace but that's just my few thoughts John thank you so much for sharing those I think it's, it's so important that that, that as we go through this particular season, we we sometimes forget about this gift that we got of time. The, as you said, these minutes and these seconds and these hours, and we're always planning on what to do shortly or next week or tomorrow and so on and so forth. But I suppose That's the most right. important element of time is now. Absolutely. Now is all we've got. Now is all we've got. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing that with us this morning. Have you got a little bit of music that you'd like us to, to play as we... Leave this part to our program. Yeah, um, I suppose being the International World Day of Peace, there's a lovely song, Let There Be Peace on Earth, and Let It Begin With Me. I think it ties very much in with what Pope Francis is asking us to do, and I think that song is, is quite a call to be people of peace, but if I'm not a person of peace, 
then the world will not be at peace. So the onus is on each individual. Sister McNaughton, we'll certainly play that, um, play that now. But in the meantime, thank you so much for sharing um, that, that beautiful reflection for us. Again, um, I think we'll all be Googling shortly now and just check you out and see, are there that many minutes, are there that many seconds in 2017? But maybe, maybe we won't worry about that. Maybe we'll just think about the now. In the meantime, yeah. thank you so much, and may we all, uh, we all wish you from the Sacred Space here, from Anne, Lorraine, myself, and Shane, uh, all the best for 2017, and please, God, we'll have you on again sometime. Please, God, and a very happy and peaceful New Year to you all. Thank God you so bless. much. God bless you. you. Bye-bye. So let's say this. So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Still joined in the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And this is the part of the program where we read and reflect on the Word of God. And before that, Shane has his prayer for, before reading and reflecting on Scripture, which he'll pray for us this morning. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the right. presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this Word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us, so that receiving your word in truth transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let 
eyes be closed and our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Jen. So the Gospel for today, uh, for the baptism of the Lord, is taken from the Gospel of St. Mark. And it's chapter 1 and verse 7 to 11. In the course of his preaching, John the Baptist said, Someone is following me, someone who is more powerful than I am, and I am not fit to kneel down and undo the strap of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It was at this time that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized in the Jordan by John. No sooner had he come out of the water than he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit like a dove descending on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. My favour rests with you. So that's the Gospel for today, uh, the gospel, the baptism of the Lord. Um, Shane, any thoughts on that one this morning? Um, as we said a few weeks ago, obviously now we're entering into kind of the crux of the, uh, the liturgical year. <clears throat> so we're going to be journeying with Mark's Gospel uh, over the next uh, few months. And Mark's Gospel is the shortest of the four Gospels. Tradition, it is also seen to be the oldest of the four. Um, Mark is often associated uh, in the tradition with Peter, and is it is it is it is kind of taken to be, uh, if you like, uh, Peter's witness to the events in Jesus's life. Um, the Gospel of Mark is quite short; it's only about sixteen chapters, I think. And the, peris- the periscopes, that, the pericopes that we're going to be reading, the sections of the gospel that we're going to be hearing, are quite short <clears throat> in terms of the detail. Matthew and Luke very much, um, where they take Matt expanded a little bit when when we compare and contrast the different account in the three synoptics. Obviously, they're very quite they're quite different to John. John's gospel is quite quite a different gospel. Um, Mark's Gospel, as I said, one of the earliest to be written, and it begins actually uh, very much straight into a scene of action. It begins with John the Baptist and progresses quite quickly to the baptism and then on to the temptation in the desert. Um, there's no there's no Christmas story in Mark's Gospel as such, uh, which is why we rely on Matthew and Luke for the accounts of the infancy narratives during the Christmas season. Um, Mark's gospel that we have in this week's gospel, obviously, is the baptism of the Lord, and <clears throat> it's it's an interesting one because it's 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 quite different to Matthew's approach. Um, Matthew gives us a lot more detail in terms of Jesus going down into the water, the heavens being opened, but the commonality is this declaration um, of God the Father: "This is my Son, the Beloved; with Him I'm well pleased." And this whole idea for us that. Um, the baptism of the Lord is, if you like, it's another epiphany moment. It's a theophany moment. And what those two words are kind of used interchangeably, it's um, an evidence or a a manifestation or a a moment of encounter with the divine in everyday life. Um, Another example of a theophany is when we hear of the account of Tabor and the transfiguration, which Peter, James and John um, see on the top of Mount Tabor. And, of course, the Gospel this week, of course, poses the question for us, well, why um, did Jesus get baptized? 
You know, in the Western church tradition, baptism is seen as the entryway into the the communion of the, the body of Christ, the church. Um, we are all, and also for the forgiveness of original sin. But obviously, Christ uh, happened. And I suppose the idea is that he did it for our sakes. He, um, by his baptism, <coughs> he opened for us the treasuries of baptism that are available to us and the graces that flow from it. And it's an important thing for us to think about because we don't often think about baptism very much in an Irish context as adults because most people in Ireland are baptized as babies uh, within either you know a couple of weeks, a couple of months of being born. And it's something, I suppose, which because that happens, we don't really have a memory of it as such. We don't really have an association. We understand that, that you know when we see it being done for somebody else, but in terms of our own day-to-day lives, I suppose the question is, what does it mean for us? And if you think about it, baptism is the first and the most important sacrament because until you are baptized, you cannot be married, ordained, you cannot receive the blessed sacrament, you cannot receive any of the other sacraments until you are baptized. And it's something which is very key to remember. And, you know, when you are baptized, you're we're baptized using very you're baptized in the name of the Father, which you get in both from the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark. And it's important because um, there was a bit of, I suppose, dispute a number of years ago because different churches were using different wordings in terms of you know, God the Creator, Father, God, God the Redeemer, and God the Spirit for the baptismal formula. And it caused a bit of confusion because Actually, baptism is the common sacrament across all the churches if it's administered properly. <coughs> and it is the one thing, it is often the easiest between the different churches because we're all baptized and you don't actually even have to be baptized by a priest. In fact, uh, if the intention is correct and if it's done, you know, you don't even actually have to be baptized by a Christian. And of course, many people would associate that in the situation where maybe children. Uh, maybe premature children or people that are children that are close to death might have been baptized by maybe a nurse or a nun in a church. Uh, I, sorry, in a in a hospital, which is the most common example that people are aware of. It's back and it reminds us again the feast day of, of of the baptism of the Lord. It's a reminder to us of our own baptism and the need for us to rediscover what that means. That idea of us entering into the church and the baptismal responsibilities that flow from it. Um, you know, we we when we I was recently had a christening service, a uh, ceremony, and um, you know the questions that were asked. You know, if you think about it, very much the church doesn't force baptism on anybody. You know, even as if we're baptized as children, three times the priest will ask the parents and godparents of a child, "Do you wish your child to be baptized?" It is very much it's very much a family asking the church to baptize as a child. And of course, the other thing about it is once you are baptized, it is something that you have forever. It's the the terminology that's used from a church perspective is, you know, it's an indelible mark left on your soul. Um, And it's with you from now until eternity. And that is why, you know, you know, when people turn around and say, well, actually, I'm no longer a practicing Christian, please remove my name from the register. Well, that's, it's, that is why it's so difficult. Of the church to do because from a theological perspective you cannot undo 
baptism. You can leave the church, you can apostatize, you can turn your back on it, but you are always, from a church perspective, you cannot undo a baptism. It is there forever. Um, and it's just something, I suppose, just for us to think about, particularly on this, on this, on this Sunday, when we reflect on that great expression from the gospel, you know, a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, my favor rests on you. And it's that whole idea that, you know, as we are baptized, <coughs> we too are sons and daughters of God. And in our baptism, God's favor rests on us as well. Thanks for that for for that reflection. I know that, that the, the line was certainly challenging there for the last minutes uh, or so. But maybe just before we finish off the program, just to, just to make sure a uh, thought myself, and Shane just uh, alluded to there just a few minutes ago, a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, my, my favor rests on you. When I read that this morning, I, I was thinking of all of us, you know, I was thinking a voice came from heaven, you are my son, you are my daughter, my favor rests on you. And the thought that came to my mind, a kind of a prayer, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be called your child for allowing your Father, for allowing your favour to rest on us. What a privilege. God is including all of us listening to this programme this morning. Let us, uh, as we start this new year, always remember that God is saying to us, you are precious in my sight, my favour my, my favor rests on you. So with that, uh, we might finish up the programme. Thanks again, Shane, for, for sharing us. I, I know you, you, you certainly um, worked pretty hard there this morning in terms of you got a little bit of a flu there and a cough there and also with the Skype. Um, challenging for us. But thanks a lot for, for sharing with us this morning, Shane. No problem. And take care, take care of that cough if you can. In the meantime, we'll go for our final bit of music and, and uh, what, what, what more piece of music can we play but by Mark Forrest from his album You Are Mine and this one is entitled You Are Mine. So from myself and Shane and all the team here on Sacred Space, Happy New Year to you all and let's listen to this beautiful piece of music by Mark Forrest. God bless you all now. Bye. A voice came from the cloud. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. I will come to you in the silence. I will lift you from all your fear. You will hear my voice. I claim you as my choice. Be still and know. I am here And do not be afraid For I am with you I have called you each by name Come and follow me And I will bring you I am.
Sacred Space 